Actually, you know, everything we've been doing is still relevant to what's going on in VR. Since I've been there for 16 years, all that stuff is relevant. The official project for, you know, PlayStation VR started in around 2010. Once PlayStation Move came out, some of the uh, internal researchers were putting it on their head and doing head tracking with a display in front of them. Yeah, and so they were looking at what you could do and what kind of experiences you could achieve. They're trying to match up the power and the kind of everything together. I wouldn't say we had it all completely figured out perfectly, but it was you know, a consideration that was taking place. All the things kind of go together in a way that seems to make sense. There's no s special sauce there. The PlayStation is a pretty uh, flexible internal system, so you could render, think people render things to off-screen buffers all the time, right? So okay. then we just have to put it into a stream that HDMI can then handle when it gets separated by our box into one for the TV and one for the, the headset. So the fact that we can render to two places, lots of games have been rendering things to two different places and using the texture, in, you know, off-screen textures and things like that. Welcome to episode 19 of the Gaming Effect Podcast. I'm your host, TK Cole. We have a wonderful show for you today. For the next 30 minutes, our focus will be on everything video game and gaming community related. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Before we go any further, I have to introduce our sponsors. First up, BenQ Gaming Monitors. Because winning matters. Next up, blue microphones. If it isn't blue, it just won't do. And last but not least, the controller shop. If you're looking for a great custom-made gaming controller, look no further than the controller shop. Let's jump right on into our first topic. Microsoft says there will be new details about Fable Legends coming soon. More information on Fable Legends will be revealed in the coming weeks, Microsoft has confirmed. As a service-based title in closed beta, we're always working to make sure that when we open Fable Legends to everyone, that it's a great gameplay experience, a company representative told Game Informer. We are continuing to expand our closed beta and we'll have more details to share in the coming weeks. So stay tuned. Fable Legends was originally slated for release this holiday season, but with 2015 coming to a close and no firm release date, it looks like Xbox One and PC owners may be waiting a bit longer. Earlier this year, Lionhead Studios confirmed that Fable 4 is not in development, as the team is entirely focused on Fable Legends. For more on the studio's multiplayer-focused RPG, check out the Gaming Effect podcast and thegamingeffect.com. If you understand how this industry works and the politics of this industry, then you already know the reason why Fable Legends was delayed so long. And it's because the original build wasn't any good. Let's be honest here. It was kind of boring for an RPG. And I love the Fable series. But if Microsoft and Lionhead Studios would have put that game out as is, it would have been boring and nobody would have played the game. So 
they went back, tweaked it, put some things in it that will keep the people energized and keep the people focused on the game. So now I think it's ready to be released. That's why all of a sudden you hear about Fable Legends in the gaming industry's media. Are you guys anticipating Fable Legends? If so, leave some comments down below and let's move on to the next topic. Xbox One $50 off console deal returns for a limited time. Thanks to a successful Black Friday, Microsoft has announced it's bringing back the $50 discount on all Xbox One console bundles. According to Major Nelson's announcement on Xbox Wire, the promotion begun in the United States on December 9th and will continue until December 26th. The deal extends to all console bundles, including the Xbox One Limited Edition Halo 5 Guardians bundle, the Xbox One Elite bundle, and the Xbox One One Terabyte Holiday bundle. In addition, the company will be holding a special countdown sale from December 22nd to January 7th. According to Microsoft, it will be the biggest digital game sale of the year for the Xbox Store, offering an array of titles at discounted prices with weekly and daily deals. Despite Microsoft's strong performance during Thanksgiving weekend, market research claims PlayStation 4 was the preferred platform, with Sony seeing its most successful Black Friday in company history. In my humble opinion, you do not base a console's greatness on the number of consoles it sells. You base it on the games. And something that truly matters, like innovation. Both consoles are doing really well this generation. The people whose feet need to be held to the fire are the video game developers and the publishers. Not Microsoft and Sony. They're actually doing a pretty decent job this console generation. Within reason, I might add. You have to give it to them. Microsoft, as well as Sony, have been putting out round-the-clock updates that rectify issues within the console. And then on top of that, these price drops are becoming legendary. Like I've been saying since the beginning of this generation, video games is where our focus should be. Let's move on to the next topic. Rainbow Six Siege sold more physical copies on Xbox One than on PlayStation 4. 53% of all physical copies of Rainbow Six Siege sold in the UK during its launch week were on Xbox One, according to figures revealed by GFK Chart Track. 47% were sold on the PlayStation 4, with 0% of physical copies sold on PC. The figure should be considered a win for Microsoft, which has typically seen a multi-platform title sell more on PlayStation 4 at launch. Just Cause 3, for example, saw 55% of its physical copies sold on PlayStation 4 last week and 43% on Xbox One. 2% were sold on PC. Two-thirds of all physical copies of Need for Speed sold at launch were on PlayStation 4 as well. Rainbow Six Siege debuted at a disappointing number 6 in this week's charts, although total sales figures have yet to be revealed by Ubisoft. 
The game was described by the gaming effects Mark Barnes as a great installment in a famous, if fading, franchise in his 3.5 out of 5 review, adding that it is a fantastic tactical shooter. I can't sit here and say I'm fully satisfied with Rainbow Six Siege, but I like it. With all the great cinematic cutscenes within the game, you can't help but to want a single player mode, which is not there. I think a great story would have made this game classic. But hey, we got an all multiplayer game, and I think it's pretty solid. I will continue to play it. I was streaming it on Twitch last night. And I'll probably stream it on Twitch again tonight as well. What do you guys think about Rainbow Six Siege? Do you like it? Do you want more from it? Or do you not like it at all? Leave some comments down below and let's move on to the next topic. Far Cry Primal PC release date revealed. Far Cry Primal will release for PC on March 1st, 2016. According to the game's product page on Steam, the title will be available one week after it comes to PlayStation 4 and Xbox One on February 23rd. Those on PC can pre-purchase the game now and get three extra missions. A digital Apex edition is also available, which grants access to additional missions, a new weapon, and four enhancement packs that offer early access to rare resources and unique customization options. Last Friday, December 4th, Ubisoft unveiled Far Cry Primal's Collector's Edition, which comes packed with a saber-toothed skull opening collector box, steelbook, the official soundtrack, a map of Oros, and more. A deluxe edition will also be available, which includes the steelbook, map, and soundtrack. For more on Far Cry Primal, check out thegamingeffect.com. This is a game I definitely can say that I'm anticipating. It looks fun. There's nothing innovating here, but it definitely looks like it will be a lot of fun. And I can see a lot of people putting a lot of hours into Far Cry Primal. I want to know what you guys think about the game. Will you consider buying Far Cry Primal? We all know Ubisoft has dropped the ball a couple of times this year, but are you willing to give them a second chance and purchase the game? Leave some comments down below and let's move on to the next topic. Did you know 77,000 Steam accounts are stolen every month? Valve is launching a two-factor authentication Steam Guard mobile authenticator app to protect its users' account against hackers. In a post on Steam's blog, the firm details the ongoing issues with user accounts being accessed and pillaged for valuable in-game items. Valve estimates that 77,000 accounts are hijacked every single month and points out that these are not new and naive users, but seasoned Steam users. To combat this growing problem, the company has launched a new Steam Guard mobile authenticator to allow users to log in with two separate devices, in theory, providing greater security to their account. In addition to prevent an account being accessed and the in-game items attached to it being pillaged and sold, Steam has rolled out some changes to trading. Anyone losing items in a trade must have had the authentication app linked to their account for over seven days and have trade confirmations 
turned on. Failing to meet this criteria results in items being held for three days. In addition, if you have been friends for a year with the person you are trading with, items will be held for only one day. Honestly, this is something Valve should have put in motion years ago. Once Steam started getting extremely popular, Valve should have made sure that account security was not an issue. Some people are saying better late than never at all, but my issue is 77,000 compromised accounts a month is a lot of accounts to lose due to hacking. I've talked to a lot of people about this issue, and those I talked to said this is the main reason that they stay on consoles and haven't taken up PC gaming by way of Steam as of yet. But I want to know what you guys think. If you're a Steam gamer, does this bother you at all? And are you happy that Valve has finally added more security to Steam? Or if you're a console gamer, does this scare you away from picking up PC gaming and using Steam as the apparatus of choice? Leave your comments down below and let's move on to the next topic. Yakuza 0 headed west. Yakuza 0 is headed to the west on PlayStation 4, though a specific release date has yet to be revealed. The news came during Sony's PlayStation Experience keynote, along with the announcement of Yakuza 5's release date. Yakuza 0 was first announced back in 2014 for Japan and launched in March of this year. I've been a big fan of the Yakuza series for a long time. Hopefully, we don't get a watered-down experience with Yakuza 0, because you know, they like to take the Japanese games and water them down when they come to the west. Hopefully, this is not the case with Yakuza 0. I want to know what you guys think. Are you a fan of the Yakuza series? Are you anticipating Yakuza 0 coming to the PlayStation 4? And what are your thoughts on Yakuza 5? Let's move on to the next topic. No crossplay for Rocket League on Xbox One. Developer Psyonix has confirmed via Twitter that the upcoming Xbox One version of Rocket League will not feature cross-platform play, unlike PC and PlayStation 4 Rocket League players. Xbox One players will be only able to play against other Xbox One players. It should be noted that while Psyonix explains that the Xbox platform doesn't allow for crossplay, there are several games available on Xbox One that feature some form of cross-platform play with PC, including iDARB. It was also announced that Microsoft's own Fable Legends will have cross-platform multiplayer between Xbox One and PCs running Windows 10 back in January of this year. Rocket League will arrive on Xbox One in February 2016 and will include three content packs. Supersonic Fury, Revenge of the Battle Cars, and Chaos Run. It will also feature a pair of exclusive cars based on vehicles made famous by the Gears of War and Halo series. More than 8 million people have played the arena-based car football game to date. I'm not going to lie, Rocket League has really grown on me. In the beginning, I thought it was corny and boring, but as I played it, it began to grow on me, and I end up liking the game. It's definitely a game that I recommend. And now that it's coming to the Xbox One, a lot more people will get to experience the fun that me and millions of other people have experienced. 
Leave your comments down below. Are you happy that the Xbox One will finally get a taste of Rocket League? I want to know what you think. Let's move on to the next topic. Hitman Beta coming to PlayStation 4 February 2016. The start date for the Hitman Beta was revealed this week by IO Interactive. The beta begins February 12th. 2016 on PlayStation 4 and is open to anyone who pre-ordered the game on PlayStation 4. Additionally, six extra contracts known as the Sarajevo 6 will be exclusive to the PlayStation 4 version of the game, which releases on March 11th of next year. The first three contracts will be available on launch, with the remaining becoming available as new locations are released during 2016. The Hitman Beta is set 20 years in the past at a top secret ICA recruitment and training facility with the mission revolving around how Agent 47 was recruited into the organization. The developer calls it a moment of huge interest to fans as well as a good jumping off point for newcomers to the series. Earlier in the year, IO Interactive announced Hitman was being delayed until March with the new beta coming in February. It seems like a good sign that further delays won't be a problem. It was also revealed this past Saturday that the mobile Hitman game, Hitman Go, will be coming to PlayStation 4 and PS Vita in the future. I've actually played all of the Hitman games in the series, but I haven't been a fan of the series since Hitman Bloody Money, which came out in 2006. I had it for the PlayStation 3, and it was a really good great game the story was good the gameplay was good the maps were huge they weren't as big as the maps on hitman absolution but they were pretty good and they were very demanding and that's what i liked about the game but now i don't know so much because i wasn't a big fan of hitman absolution but i'm willing to give the series another chance so we'll see. I want to know what you guys think. Are any of you going to take part in the Hitman beta? If so, are you going to purchase the game if it's any good? Leave me some comments down below and let's move on to the next topic. EA admits Star Wars Battlefront may not have the death fans wanted. Making the first person shooter accessible to a younger audience may have disappointed hardcore fans, says EA executive. EA has acknowledged that Star Wars Battlefront may have disappointed some shooter fans for not having enough death in its gameplay. Speaking at a NASDAQ conference, as noted by GameSpot, EA's Blake Jorgensen said that catering to as wide as an audience as possible, the game may have alienated hardcore shooter fans. Star Wars Battlefront is a first-person shooter, but it is one of the only teen-rated first-person shooters. We designed it to be a much more accessible product to a wide age group, he said, so an 8-year-old could play with his father on the couch, as well as a teenager or 20-year-old could play the game and enjoy it. It is more accessible, and for the hardcore, it may not have the depth that they wanted in the game. EA has said that it expects to sell 13 million copies of Star Wars Battlefront, despite some retailers suggesting it had underperformed on release. I don't care if this game underperformed when it comes to sales. What I do care about is the developers underperforming when they were making the game. This game bores me. This game has no depth whatsoever 
to it. In order for this game to be an acceptable first-person shooter, they're going to have to remake this game over from the ground up. I don't know if you guys can hear it in my voice, but as a die-hard Star Wars fan, I'm disappointed. The gaming community deserves better. Hell, the Star Wars name deserves better. I'm sorry, guys, but I went to the Star Wars Battlefront EA community event, and this is not the game that they promised. I want to know what you guys, the listening audience, think about the game. Please don't give me no politically correct answers. Give me your true feelings. How do you feel about Star Wars Battlefront? Leave your comments down below and let's move on to the next topic. Former Square Enix president slams Konami's treatment of Hideo Kojima. Yoichi Wada has labeled Konami's treatment of Metal Gear Solid creator Hideo Kojima as cruel. The saga of Konami's and Kojima's falling out has been one of the biggest stories of 2015. Although we're yet to receive official confirmation of their separation, there has been plenty of documented undermining, however, including the eradication of Kojima's name from products and last week's Game Awards snub. As I know Mr. Kojima, I want to say I can't believe this cruel treatment, but here I'm going to give my thoughts as a corporate executive former Square Enix boss Wada wrote on Facebook as translated by Kotaku. However you think about this, this is a negative for business. Maybe leaving the home console market is management's plan, but going out of your way to make enemies with the world has no meaning. Generally, this kind of thing happens when there's a lack of leadership. I think perhaps there isn't someone in charge who is paying attention and laying out all the little details. When you are not aware that the feelings of your own department aren't aligned with the world at large, the results can be deplorable. Wada stepped down as Square Enix president in 2013 and then quit as chairman early this year. When the master of screw-ups says you screwed up, you really screwed up. Wada is a man that moved Square Enix headquarters based on advice from a fortune teller. This pretty much confirms that Konami messed up pretty bad. Nobody knows bad business practices like Wada, and he's had years of experience running Square Enix. I'm just glad this was a Japanese business executive who said this. It's essentially like airing out dirty laundry, which is a big no-no in Japanese business culture. Konami is forgetting how passionate gamers truly can be. Kojima is loved by all gamers and also by his peers. Konami might want to rethink some of the bad business moves that they have been making lately. Karma is definitely around the corner. What do you guys guys think about the Konami versus Kojima fiasco? Leave some comments down below and let's move on to the last topic of the podcast. PlayStation 4 owners have joined 400,000 PlayStation communities since the feature's launch. In a blog post discussing the origins of PlayStation's recently introduced communities feature, Sony has revealed that players have joined at least 400,000 communities since the feature's launch with PlayStation 4's system update 3.0. It seems that the company is quite happy with the response as one of the design team members, Nick Hunter, said that one can hope 
for that level of engagement, which he thinks is awesome at present. PlayStation communities came from the idea of clan support and a hackathon coding competition. According to the director of PSN Software Engineering, Stephen Yang, the idea was to make it easy and quick to connect with players who share similar interests. Senior engineer Kaido detailed the challenges involved in setting up the feature, including customization in form of images and wallpapers, revealing that this is the first time the company hosted user image uploads on this scale. Work on communities isn't done, however. We're told that the team is listening to feedback and is considering a number of features, including the much-needed search feature, which should be welcome news for many. For a detailed write-up on how communities came to being, check out the PlayStation blog. I can't say anything negative about communities. It was a great idea. It's an easy way to find more like-minded people to play games with. I remember when I first joined these communities, I forgot about it. So I used to get these alerts and I used to think they were spam and then I realized, oh, I joined these communities. This is something that the Xbox community would greatly benefit from. Phil Spencer needs to take a look at this and see if the engineers over at Microsoft can add this into a future update. That's the end of my topics for the podcast. Let's get into the weekly deals so we could come back and give some shout outs and then close out the show. Weekly deal number one. Amazon is selling a PlayStation 4 500 gigabyte Star Wars Battlefront console bundle for $299.99. Weekly deal number two. Amazon is selling the Halo 5 Guardians Limited Collector's Edition for the Xbox One. Digital game download code, no disc included, for $99. And last but not least, weekly deal number three. Amazon is selling HyperX Cloud Gaming headsets for $59.99. And that is the end of our weekly deals. Now on to our shout outs. For this episode, I want to do things a little bit different. I want to give a shout out to everyone within the gaming community who has supported the Gaming Effect podcast as well as the grand opening of the gamingeffect.com your loyalty and support has been greatly appreciated we're going to continue to be your number one source for authentic gaming news and unbiased critiques of the gaming community today friday december the 11th starts a new journey for the gaming effect we will be uploading video game walkthroughs and commentaries on our YouTube channel. We will also be streaming live on Twitch, Hitbox, and of course YouTube. Hard work and dedication does pay off. All you have to do is stay focused and believe in yourself. In my humble opinion, if you follow those two rules and be grateful for your supporters, you will succeed and be successful all at the same time. One more thing I want you guys to know before I get out of here is I play video games, talk about video games, and even write about video games. Not because I'm looking for money, but because I have a passion for video games. 
I go to events all around this country, not to be seen, not to be heard, only to know what's the new thing in video game culture. My friends and family will tell you my passions in life are my daughter, sports, music, video games, movies, books, and my woman. Passion is a great thing to have, especially when it's being powered by video games. If you don't believe me, ask the millions of gamers around the world. That's my time, good people. I'm up out of here. And like I always say, keep it gaming. I'll see you guys next Friday. Same time, same YouTube channel. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at GamingEffectLLC. Also, the Gaming Effect podcast is now on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Make sure you get the app for SoundCloud and the app for Stitcher so you can download the podcast on all mobile devices. And if you have an iPhone, you can go to the iTunes store and download the podcast for free. In closing, make sure you check out TheGamingEffect.com for our well-written articles and our unbiased video game reviews. Be safe, and I hope you all have a great weekend. Peace. It wasn't a surprise. I mean, we were designing the PlayStation 4 kind of at the same time as we were doing this. The box, basically, you have an HDMI signal out of the PlayStation, and we want to send video up into the headset, but we also want to be able to send video into the TV, so we have to split it. Yeah. And we want to send the best possible video we can to the headset, so we get everything ready for the headset, and then that wouldn't look good on a TV. So then the little box is basically taking that data and making it so it would look good on a TV. But we have to have a, a, some kind of box to do the split anyway, so having a box is a necessary component. And then it's also doing our 3D audio right now.